0: Welcome to Libre Lounge, a podcast about free software, free culture, and all the other interesting aspects of user freedom, with Christopher Lemmer-Weber and Serge Roklowski. All right, I'm Serge. Chris, you wanted to talk about the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, so why don't we do that? Right, so I did. Uh, Let's contextualize why we would want to talk about the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. So, uh, I think you and I both agree that, uh, you know, so there's occasionally you hear that, well, you know, keep politics out of, you know, free software stuff and stuff like that. But I think you and I both believe that in a certain sense, what we're doing is inherently political and not just in a taking a political party stance, but in a, you know, there are these global movements and that uh, the reason that we're here for user freedom is because of the, the larger um, set of, you know, effects on humanity, right?
1: Yeah. And in fact, I would say that for me personally, that free software is an outgrowth of my belief in a utopian vision of humanity. Um, as a child of the eighties and early nineties, uh, I grew up with star Trek, the next generation and it's uh humanist vision of the future. And I believe that free software is a part of of that it's a it's a uh, so in star trek next generation it talks about a post scarcity world right where everything food is no longer an issue uh because we have replicators so there's no need for money and then in this post scarcity world how does it, how does how do people self organize and i think free software presents a very practical vision for self organization in a post scarcity world and and part of Uh, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights is the fundamentals of, well, what is it that we all believe?
0: What are the fundamentals of human rights? (laughs) Right. We're not going to read the preamble, but we can read the first sentence of the preamble. Whereas recognition of the inherent dignity and of the equal and inalienable rights of all members of the human family is a foundation of freedom, justice, and peace in the world. And I think that that's basically what we're aiming for here in a sense that, Okay, so you and I both don't think that software freedom or user freedom things are necessarily the most important right uh, issue, right? Like the issue of rights, right? But I think what we both also feel is within a world that's completely mediated by computers, you also can't get very far in terms of any of even the most foundational rights without um, the way that computers affect things being in the mix.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And I apologize if people hear uh, noises that sound like uh, bells or purring. My cat is being extremely affectionate, but I will try to keep him out of the uh, the recording.
0: Well, your cat's just a big fan of human rights. and is he, he, is, he is, in fact, a big fan of human rights.
1: Um, so you want to so,
0: read the first uh, declaration? Well, yes. Right before I do that, I want to just make one more statement, which is I think that we're also broadening this a little bit to not just Free software, but kind of user freedom concerns on computing in general, so that it may also include like network freedom concerns and like free cultural concerns and stuff like that. Does that sound right? I,
1: I agree, and I think we should have a separate discussion and about a separate discussion where we where we break down the distinction between free software, free culture, because I think they are different, and where. Uh, the distinction that Richard Stallman places is in what he calls functional works versus non-functional works. And there are people in the free culture movement who think that that distinction doesn't exist. Um, but I think for, for this discussion, we'll just treat them the same.
0: Right. Sounds good. Okay. Um, so Article 1. All human beings are born free and equal in dignity and rights. They are endowed with endowed with reason and conscience and should act towards another in a spirit of brotherhood.
1: Yeah, I, I, I find that hard to argue with right it's one of those things that sounds really good in practice but it's it's really hard to to to, um sorry sounds good in in principle and hard to live with in practice and i think that gets fundamentally down to this question of scarcity because in a in a world where you don't have enough it's it's very hard to be generous
0: right and i think that um so the 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 act one another, so the, the choice of the word brotherhood is maybe not great in, you know, the world has moved maybe a little bit forward in gender issues as, as you know, over since this was originally published. But I think the general idea of um, what I like about that sentence, nonetheless, is that it's a, a sense of cooperation. And I think that uh, cooperation is pretty key um in being able to build a system that respects the rights of, uh, of many people. And, of course, that's something that software freedom and user freedom is very much so about.
1: I agree with you on the, on the gendering, but I think that the idea of brotherhood in, it, it brings in another idea, which is that we are all the same, uh, or we, we, are, we are one shared family. Cooperation uh, doesn't have that same uh, nuance to it. But I think that for 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 these purposes, yeah, we can say that that we're, you know we're all we're all part of one universal family. We sh- and we should act we we should act like it, right?
0: Uh, including when we submit patches to each other on mailing lists. Uh, so, Article Two. Uh, Everyone is entitled to all the rights and freedoms set forth in this declaration without distinction of any kind, such as race, color, sex, language, religion, political or other opinion, national or social origin, property, birth, or other status. Furthermore, no distinction shall be made on the basis of political, jurisdictional, or international status of the country or territory to which a person belongs, whether it be independent, trust, or non-self-governing, or under other limitation of sovereignty. Uh, So what this actually says to me in some ways is the... Um, this kind of ties in to me for the, the software freedom issue of um, it doesn't matter what use this is for, in a certain sense, these issues of software freedom apply to all uses um, of software because we can't really, uh, well, there's more to it than that. There's also the diversity aspect, um, but I think that in a certain sense, Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm, am I stretching that too far? What do you think? I think you're stretching it a little far. So let, let's,
1: let's, let's take it to some fundamentals in, in the free software idealist world that I think you and I both live in, it wouldn't matter where you come from. It wouldn't matter your gender identity. It wouldn't matter your language, your religion. Um, we should all be coming to the table, uh, As, as relative equals. And I say relative equals because there are going to be ways in which people will be, uh, not be equal. So for example, you know, if you, you know, you've created media goblin and if I come and say, well, I insist that you make these changes. Well, we're not equal, uh, in the, in that way, right? In that I can, in that I can impose my will upon you, but we are, but, but we all come to the table equally. Um, with the opportunities that our opportunities should be equal. And I, and I do agree that this brings up an, an important issue regarding diversity in free software and free culture and not just gender diversity, although I think that's a huge issue, but also, um, people of color and, um, also economic, socioeconomic status. And I think and, those and I are. Think mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. You'll know, continue. And then I, I want to come back to that.
0: Yeah, I, I think and I think that uh as we go into this document we'll build on that more. In in a certain sense there's you know, I think we're gonna also come back around to the freedom from or freedom to distinctions in some ways. And in some ways, this one's saying, Okay, it doesn't matter um what race, color, or whatever you are, um in order for these things to apply to you, which is I think critical. Um and I think we're going to also get into later about well, but the freedom to part is also that we maybe we may need some condition like just being able to not be prevented from it um it might not be enough. But I guess that's getting a bit ahead.
1: Well it, it is, and I wanted to bring up the idea that as free software advocates, we are we are also openly promoting an ideology along with our work. Yep. So we are saying if you come along with us on this journey of free software, you are, we are asking you to adopt these same values. You don't have to, but those values are embedded in our licenses and embedded in our work. So it is more than just, oh, you have opportunity. We, we want to be spreading these ideas to everyone. Um, and, and you could say that, that that is a form of, um, I'm, tr- I'm trying to find the right word here, but, but, I don't want to say imperialism, but a, 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 we we are definitely trying to spread a culture uh and we're not we're not apologetic about that. our culture is one of of equality and freedom, and we're we're open about about that as being one of our agendas
0: uh well, we just got into a, a very interesting star trekky debate about whether or not uh um we just set ourselves up for it and I'm, maybe we shouldn't get into it right now is uh is the federation imperialist and is Oh, that's a whole. uh,
1: Yeah, that's a whole discussion. That's a whole episode. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, right.
0: Um, uh, But uh, but but no. But I mean, it just it just came to mind when you said you know we're bringing forward a culture, right? And I think I agree with you. But I think there's something interesting there, and I think it may come up more as we go through this document. So maybe we should move on to Article Three. Yeah, absolutely. Why don't you read it?
1: All right, Article Three. Everyone has the right to life, liberty, and security of person.
0: Okay, so I'm actually I'm struggling a little bit to think about. I mean, so this one for me is mostly about um, about the way in which computers uh, stand in the middle of a lot of those things, right? Like the your ability to ha- have, I guess I'll just take the middle one of liberty. Uh, I'm not sure how to apply life. Well, you know, life may even end up being, you know, if you look at the things that Karen Sandler says about, you know, uh, having something embedded in your body, and then if you get to liberty you know, what your ability to express things, you know, may be mediated by computing. And certainly security. Gosh, I mean, we just very recently had a whole episode about security. And I so I mean, it does seem like computing freedom issues stand in the middle of each one of those.
1: Yeah. Um I do think that um one of the areas where the the Declaration of Human Rights is a little tricky is everyone has the right to these things. And then we have to get into the, the nitty gritty about, well, how do we preserve those rights? Right. Um, and there's a distinction, for example, between having the right to a yacht and, and having a yacht. Right. Everyone has the right to a yacht in the United States, but only some people actually have yachts. Right. Okay. Article four. Article four. Um, I'll read it. Uh, no one shall be held in slavery or servitude, slavery and the slave trade shall be prohibited in all their forms. I mean, hard to agree. Yeah. it's (laughs) It's hard to, it's hard to, to argue with that one. And I think, but I think this is an interesting one in terms of free software and free culture, but let's talk about free software. You know, we, we do kind of stretch the term slavery a little bit and, and, and I'm, I'm being open that, that we do that, but, one of the the concerns that we as free culture advocates have is that who is in control of your machine. And by machine, I mean your computer, but I could also mean your phone or as you brought up earlier, medical devices. Is it that you are in control of them or are they in control of you? And, and this issue of slavery, again, you know, if we take the literal meaning it's, it's very clear and obvious, but when we think about, um, some of the larger issues of, um, for example, are websites spying on you, are they collecting information about you without your knowledge or consent is, you know, if you don't have explicit consent to do these things, is that, is that a form of slavery? And, and look, it's a very slippery slope when we, when we go down this road because um, we are not talking about physical slavery where people are, are kept, as property but we are talking about a a much more um for lack of a better word you know white collar type of slavery but it, it it nonetheless is a form of of being um indentured to uh an external party
0: right i mean it is tricky i think we don't want to get into equating certain types of things like you know like gosh like you know Having a EULA is, you know, the equivalent of being held in shackles, right? I think neither of us would go that far or be comfortable with going that far. Uh, I
1: agree with you, except, and this is where it does get really difficult, when, uh, for example, in certain places, the only way to access laws is uh, online and the only way to access, you know, those documents is with proprietary software, um, or when you have kids in school and they are in public school and they are required to use software and or hardware that has been blessed by the school and no other hardware or software, you do remove those choices. Um, you know, the the other example that comes to my mind is in jail. um you, you know, you can only use certain hardware devices, so only certain MP3 players. And there was a a story recently about how the DRM in those MP3 players um, meant that uh, all the MP3s that people had purchased over the years were now going away. And so, look, I don't obviously equate actual slavery with, um, you know, with free software and free culture slavery, but. I think that the, those lines get very tricky when we are required by our governments to make agreements with um, private institutions that we don't really have a choice about.
0: Right. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure. I'd want to use the term slavery in, in connection to it, but I do think that my uh, I, I hard agree on the being forced to be um, to not have choices or control over your environment. And I think the school one is very interesting. I have a friend who she tried very hard to prevent her kid being walked into a Chromebook where basically the administrators could, you know, kind of spy on the machine and also would immediately hand over the records of um, it's, it's actually very a number of schools are currently set up so that you have to sign up in such a way that Google gets access to all of your academic history. And that's very troubling to me um, in the ways that I think you, you specified. Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, I mean, we're going to move on, but I think that
1: shout out to uh, the book, little brother by uh, Corey Doctorow uh, because it, it it talks about this and this was uh, years and years ago, but he, he predicted this, this type of, of setup in schools. So okay, Article 5, on. no
0: one shall be subjected to torture or to cruel, inhuman, or degrading t- treatment or punishment. So hard agree. I'm having a hard time connecting this one to user freedom things uh, because I don't I, – I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't see a direct connection other than yes, I agree that that's important.
1: Yeah, I agree. We don't – not everything is related to software.
0: Okay. Article 6. Uh, why don't you read it?
1: Everyone has the right to recognition everywhere as a person before the law. Hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking about that one too. I'm, I, I, I suppose that's an extension of the idea of slavery, right? Is the idea of personhood?
0: Well, right. So, um, so yeah. So I think the 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 fundamental. Uh, so I think this. Uh, I I want to come back to this one when it gets to the nation bit because I think a right to nationality, because I think that gets into some interesting, tricky business. But I'll hold yep. off until we get to that. Agreed. Okay, Article 7. All are equal before the law and are entitled without any discrimination to equal protection of the law. All are entitled to equal protection against any discrimination and violation of this declaration and against any di- indictment to such or sorry, incitement to such discrimination. Um, so to me this this sent this one is particularly interesting because of um the emphasis on having a universal set of standards legally that um, are upheld. And I I think that one of the big concerns for me as a user freedom advocate is the ability for our systems to be able to allow users to be um, equals, to not have kind of a classist system that gets built in, whether it be a uh, economic restrictions or, um, you know, uh, you know, kind of tech privilege or other such things. What do you think? I, th- I agree,
1: and I've been thinking about that in the context of what we discussed regarding access to the law itself. So, you know, it, we can imagine a world in which uh, the only way you could access the law is by going on some private website, and that private website might have some agreement that prevents it from that you know that either discriminates against a certain type of person or. Um, requires that you make some agreement that you may not uh, may not want. Um, I don't know if if we'll get if we'll actually let's move on because I think some of the other topics I have around this will will be clarified in later sections.
0: Okay. Uh, go ahead with Article Eight. Article Eight: Everyone
1: has the right to an effective remedy by the by the competent national's tribunal for acts violating the fundamental rights granted him by the Constitution or by law. Or
0: by, uh, by law. So if we're talking about fundamental rights and uh, just stepping back and let's go, let's step back and go under the assumption for a moment that we might agree that actually the, it's very hard to uphold many of these rights unless we can guarantee certain, um, certain computing rights effectively. Uh, would you agree with that?
1: Can you expand
0: on that a little? Well, okay. So, um. Well, I mean, I think we set it down to a certain extent that uh, so let me let me I, you know, maybe this is a real stretch. I think it might be. Uh, I'm, I can't help but thinking about um, access to the courts um, as a way to preserve the commons and how in many ways the legal systems that we have set up are um, not effectively giving equal access to a legal system to be able to. Um protect users in certain ways, like certain larger institutions get more control over the way that enforcement happens. But this may be a real stretch i 'm sorry well
1: actually I, I now that you say that, I think that that brings up these some issues that we 've seen about arbitration, and the use of arbitration mm, yes. as a way of getting around um, bringing issues to the court and so, for example, if you might sign up for let's say a mobile cell phone provider. And then that contract says, well, as part of this agreement, you agree that to binding arbitration that, that the um, mobile provider will choose of the the mobile providers choice choosing, then what you are, what they have done is essentially circumvent the law. Right. And what I mean by the law is the justice system and what you're what you're describing in terms of these this power differential is exactly there right everyone in a modern world i would say most people or almost everyone needs a mobile phone it's just one of those things that that you are assumed to have at this point but if to get a mobile phone you 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 have to agree to give up your rights to use the court system then there's
0: something wrong okay strong agree strong agree um yeah that's a big concern of mine as well uh okay, so article nine no one shall be subjected to arbitrary- de- arrest, detention, or exile you know i was I
1: was thinking about I was like, oh, this is going to be easy. This is not a software freedom issue except when I think about exile um, when I think about exile, and I know we're going to get to this in later sections, but I was thinking about the public square, and in the u s uh, in in the united states uh there are there are private property there is private property that is recognized as essentially acting as a public square and this this came up years ago when people would gather in uh you know malls when i mean by malls are you know covered private property malls and they were treating them as town squares in terms of gatherings for um public demonstrations for example and The, the malls would say, well, these, this is private property. It, it, these people do not have a right to be here. And what the courts in some cases found was that while these malls were acting as a public square, they, they were a de facto public square. And in the, in one of those recent cases regarding Trump and Twitter, the court similarly found that Twitter was acting as a public square. And it makes me think about those distinctions of exile and what does exile mean if you, if you can't get onto the Internet or you can't get – you can't participate in the public square because it is controlled by uh, a small group. What does that mean? And then on the flip side of that, of course, is that – and I think you and I would, ag- again, agree that we don't want um, hate speech. We
0: don't We're, want Nazis on our platform.
1: Exactly. Right, So we don't want Nazis, um, b- but, but we it's also, don't want to
0: exile them. But it, Well, but it, it's not just exiling Nazis. Okay, so it's not exiling Nazis that I'm particularly concerned about, because that's like an easy question. Do we exile the Nazis? Sure, right? Like, it's really easy. I don't like Nazis. I don't want them on my platform. The, the trickier part comes with underrepresented groups that are not yet recognized as being important, right? So in a good example, so in a clear example is today... In the tech world, LGBT acceptance is sky high, right? But if you're over 30, you probably remember a time where that's not the case. Um, And it's very hard for me to imagine in the world of surveillance that we have and the kind of centralized forms of, uh, of, of communication that have begun to develop, that it would be very possible... For it, it may become harder if we um, if if the the community norms around accepting people in the LGBT space were not as high, then it may be just possible that one of a large. So let's just say Twitter, right? Today, Twitter would never. Well, okay, they do actually sometimes. Um, Twitter in theory does not want to ban people for LGBT purposes, though they sometimes do. Uh, but um, there is a general acceptance along that. I'm not sure, and if you look back in history, actually almost every group that's advocating for an expansion of and i really mean legitimate, not faux um you know like fake uh actual advocates advocacy for fascism um you know like but actual arguments for um the the expansion of rights from certain groups almost always distances themselves from groups that are to come. I mean, you know, this is a big complaint that's been brought up about, you know, the early feminist movement is that it, you know, kind of shunned people of color, right? Um and that, you know, obviously the feminist movement has stepped away from that and then you know, other civil rights groups also shunned the LGBT movement. So I'm not sure we're done evolving uh as a species and in some ways I think the capacity so here's what I also think um a, a friend Okay, so I have more thoughts on this, but I'm going to wait until the national part because that's where I'm going to expand what does it mean to have a nation. That
1: sounds good. Also, we were really talking about – oh, sorry.
0: Oh, all I was going to say is that strong – so I I definitely do not want – I also think it's important to be able to protect people from certain types of communication, but I also think um, like from abuse and stuff like that. But I think that there may be some other aspects of this, but let's hold off on it.
1: Yeah. So I want to say one more thing, which is, you know, in the United States, we have uh, we, we protect hate speech. But most countries in Europe, uh, Canada, uh, hate speech is not considered a protected form of speech and it is treated very differently. So I think we want to be aware of that when we're talking about it. But anyway, we were talking about no one shall be subjected to arbitrary arrest, attention or exile, which is a uh, so we kind of strayed off that topic. Yep. OK. Article Article 10. Everyone is entitled in a, in full equality to a fair and public hearing by an independent and impartial tribunal in the determination of his rights and obligations and of any criminal charge against him.
0: Uh, okay, and I think the next two articles are pretty much uh, – sorry, the next article is also on this topic as well. So why don't we just read that one as well before – and Article 12 is pretty different.
1: Okay, so Article 11 – uh, section One. Everyone charged with a penal offense has the right to be presumed innocent until proven guilty according to, according to law in a public trial in which he has all the guarantees necessary for his defense and Section Two, no one shall be held guilty of any penal offense on an account of any act or omission which did not constitute a penal offense under national or international law at the time when it was committed nor shall a heavier penalty be opposed, be imposed than the one that was applicable at the
0: time of the penal that the penal offense was committed okay so so this okay oh, i i don't have strong comments in. on this one i i definitely have comments on article 12 but go ahead
1: um and i think this ties into uh this issue of of circumvention of the courts um one thing that i found interesting about this is that where the us differs is that we uh we have this idea of uh trial by your peers and that's not codified in this document so it does not so it's a fair and impartial tribunal but not of
0: one's peers right um but i'm not sure how to tie it in to the user freedom stuff directly so maybe we should move on to article 12 yeah i agree Uh, I'll read it. Article 12. No one shall be subjected to arbitrary interference with his privacy, family, homework correspondence, nor to attacks upon his honor and reputation. Everyone has the right to protection of the law against such interference or attacks. Okay, here's a big one. This one's (laughs) big for us, right? Uh, I mean, if... So if you are mediated, your ability to think, to express, and everything like that is mediated by your computer, and your privacy is mediated by your computer, there's no way that we can uphold this without your computer being able to to uphold your desires and commands. Right. I mean, look,
1: if we, if we just take the first part of this, no one shall be subjected to arbitrary interference. We need to define what interference means with his privacy, family, homework, correspondence, Okay, so let's take a few examples, right? So someone has uh a uh, well, uh, Amazon Alexa or one of those Google assistants. Well, that is interference because they are um their privacy is being interfered with. Um and in 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 relation to correspondence, of course, most ISPs which control one's email, most of these ISPs are commercial and ISPs and the again we're being somewhat U S centric here are regulated um, not as common carriers, but as information services and information services do not have the requirement to treat all traffic equally um, and don't have the requirement to, to, to stay out of it. Whereas um, the, those, those are requirements for the phone company for phone calls.
0: Yep. Yep. I think that's a good, a good summary. And I mean, I mean, I feel like the the privacy aspect is so. I don't know. It feels so clear to me that I I'm having a trouble figuring out why I need to expand that any further. Because you know, if we, I mean, other than to say that you know, privacy is always going to be a critical part of our work.
1: Well, let's talk about let's talk about why because this is something that I I encounter right. So people will come to me and or I'll have I'll say something like, well, privacy is very important. And they'll say, well, why? If you're not doing anything wrong, what's the problem? Right. And, you know, the answer is very clear to me, but I want to hear your answer.
0: Okay. So uh, there's a few reasons. So I'll say part one is that kind of an extension of what I was saying previously. So maybe the next, um, just throwing it out there, you know, maybe the maybe another group that needs protection is, uh, you know, I, I know a bunch of people who are furries, right? You know, so maybe, you know... Uh, you know, maybe they need to be able to have privacy because their their social life, their work life would be ruined if they came out as a furry right, or something like that, and you know furries sometimes get really laughed at on the internet and stuff like that, and which is part of the problem right so like uh you know you might find that very silly, but for somebody that might not be silly um in the same way that LGbt issues might not have been silly at some point in time now, I don't know if I should equate those as the same thing, but what I'm trying to point out is that it's very difficult to predict what next steps there are in social development if we don't have privacy effectively we freeze social development and justice at our present moment in time and in fact even begin to regress because it becomes very difficult to uphold things like uh people working on well human rights issues right human rights journalists and lawyers get attacked all the time by their governments right so Privacy is essential. And another aspect of privacy that I think is really relevant. Okay, I made this comment on the Fediverse a while ago, but, you know, I tend to think of privacy, and this might be me spending too much time in the object capability community, but I think of privacy as being your local scope, where you perform your local reasoning and if I think about a functioning computer program that works nicely, if everything's just a global variable where everything's able to mutate that global variable, the program tends to fall apart. And now that sounds very strange. Why does that have to do with a social system? Well, in the same way um, that this that building a good program requires allowing the isolation of components, I think that uh, building a healthy society requires the ability of different entities to be able to spend time in their local scope reasoning about things without being overridden by the other entities in the system. And if you don't have that, you won't have a functioning system, including a functioning society. I agree
1: with that. It's a little, I'll say it's a little geeky. Um, my answer is far more straightforward, which is um, things that were not illegal at one time or were not socially frowned upon may become socially frowned upon. Um, right. And that's the reason we need and that's and that's the reason we need privacy, or you know conversely, as you say uh things that were once frowned upon, for example, being gay um become at some point socially acceptable and we 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 now look back at you know sodomy laws or what happened to Alan Turing in the United Kingdom as regressive um but had they had good uh privacy protections. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of tra- trage- tragedies would not have happened. So
0: I agree. All right, let's move on to Article 13. Okay, uh, Article 13, Section One: Everyone has the right to freedom of movement and residence within the borders of each state. Article 3, or 13, Number Two: Everyone has the right to leave any country, including his own, and return to his country. Wow, what a what an article for the present day.
1: Yeah, I you know I we should find this. There was an, a story I read recently, or maybe it was a podcast I heard because I, I listen to a lot of podcasts about the passport and how it's a rec- it's a fairly recent invention. We didn't have passports; Fre- freedom of movement was was just part of the ether, and and that has changed. It it reminded me a lot of um, the ideas uh, that were um, and they might be false ideas that were given to me about. Uh, the way that the Native Americans didn't really understand land ownership in the same way the Europeans did. So this idea that – Or know, had a
0: different concept of it. Right, right.
1: And uh, I don't know if someone from you know, the 1700s would would look at our current system of passport and border control and think it made any sense. Um, we, def- we
0: definitely don't have this. Well, Well, here's another thing. Okay, so this is a very nerdy approach on it, but it's something I think about a lot. Do you have the right to be able to move your data?
1: Mm, that's an interesting question.
0: Right? So what? like a lot of companies don't want you to have that right, right? You, we've got this platform. Your data goes in there. You can't take it out.
1: Well, I think there's another part to this, which is also, okay, you can take it out, but then what? <laughs> right? Like, uh, so I'll give you the example of Facebook. So I did a data dump on Facebook. Um it gives you a big x m l. document, but yeah that what do doesn't... You do now <laughs> well yeah exactly now <laughs> thanks right uh, it's it's essentially it's essentially an archive, but it is not useful for for um adding into some other program or integrating into integrating in for example the same way that
0: I could move my email all right, and let me be smug and then immediately tear myself down uh like say, haha, the Fediverse solves this problem. You can move from server to server. But wait, what happens when uh you don't want actually to move from server to server? Or what happens if you get uh what happens if you your relationship with that server is no longer what you once wanted to, but you no longer have a way to be able to move your content over from server to server? So the Fediverse does a bad job at this. At least in, uh, I you know if I'm going to be self-critical, the current deployments of ActivityPub. Now there are ways in which I think that this can be done better, but um, you know so there was there have been a number of large Fediverse instances like Witches.Town, for example, which had a lot of users that really cared about the servers, but then the server went down and people basically had to start over from scratch. Um, And I think that's something we need to do better at. On the other hand. Um, my computers have done a great job at this for, ever since I moved to free software. I have moved my data, my home directory from computer to computer to computer to computer with no problems. Uh, and I'd, I'd love to be able to achieve that same fluidity uh, in the server space as well. I agree. I do want to jump back to
1: something in, in the, in the, the meat uh, space. Um, which is combining article twelve and thirteen, and um I know many people have uh these uh these devices i don 't know the generic name for them but um that that let you pay your toll automatically um they 're basically giant radio transmitters that that uh that you have in your car and and when you drive through it just it 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 has your number it 's almost like a credit card number and it just charges you your whatever that is. Um, and in New York city, at least there are um, uh, receivers for or sensors for these type of devices all over the city. And they are tracking people. They're not charging people to move, but they are tracking people. And I, I wonder where that distinction lies between privacy and freedom of movement in, in that case. And, mm, and then does yeah. that extend also to license plates re- to license plate readers? Right? Why read everyone's license plate? You know, if you're free to move, why do we need to collect that information at all? If you're free to go wherever you want, why do we need to know where you are? And then, of course, if we go there, we have to talk about cameras and facial recognition and gate recognition and other things. So I think those those are all um, very uh, intertwined.
0: Yeah, I feel like I I'm keep saying strong agree in this episode, and I might continue saying that. But yeah, strong agree. Uh, I have similar concerns. But let's move on to Article uh, 14.
1: All right, you want me to do it? Sure. I'll do it. Uh, Article 14 everyone has the right to seek and to enjoy in other countries asylum from persecution. Uh, number two, this right may not be invoked in the case of uh, prosecutions genuinely arising from non political crimes or from acts contrary to the purposes and principles of the United Nations.
0: I'm not sure where that goes that we didn't cover in the last one. You
1: no, know, I think we, I think we covered this. I mean, in meat space, I think we both have a lot of strong views on this, but in terms of software freedom, yeah, we've, we've, we've covered this.
0: Okay. Uh, article 15 is, uh, is quite interesting though. Uh, and this is where I wanted to tie in from the other one. So part one, everyone has the right to a nationality. Part two, no one shall be arbitrarily deprived of his nationality nor denied the right to change his nationality. Okay. So this is interesting when it comes back to the exile thing. Um, and I'm going to also, so my thoughts on this have actually shifted a lot over the years. Um, and the main way in which they shifted, I don't know if the person would want to be named, so I'm not going to quote them, but maybe if I, uh, get permission from them, I'll put them in the show notes. But, uh, um, a couple years ago, I was hanging out with a friend, and they said something to me that changed my political view a lot. Um, by saying two different things in two parts that I completely agreed with, and then I realized were contradictory. The first thing they said was, um, "and and heads up, uh, I actually think that libertarianism is a pretty complex subject, and there's a big difference between an Einstein-style libertarian and a left libertarian." So, but my friend was saying, um, uh, you know. One of the problems with libertarianism is that that I have is that uh many libertarians are against capital g government, but lots of things become governments and I'm like, I agree with that uh you know like uh um if you are under a university and your university has a lot of rules that are effectively a government that that seems true, and you know if you're under you know you're if you're under the domain of a large monopoly uh that monopoly's uh effects on you. Um, is in sometimes indistinguishable from a government right and then the second thing that they said to me was um, you know uh censorship uh doesn 't you know like a lot of people complain about censorship uh when they 're getting kicked off a platform for some- you know some sort of shitty thing that they said, but you know censorship it isn 't about um private Uh, uh, private groups kicking somebody out. It's only about a government censoring your ability to speech. And I'm like, oh, I agree with, wait a minute. That's in direct contradiction with the thing I just agreed with, right? Because if many things become governments, then you no longer just have this root government structure that censors things. And yet, I believe that organizations do have the rights to protect themselves and the responsibility to protect their users against abuse, So I have further thoughts on this, but before I jump into them, I've been talking for too long and I'm interested in what you have to say.
1: Um, I I agree with you, and I think that, that, you know, these get slightly outside of the idea of of software freedom, and it gets into these other other digital rights, you know, right to access, for example, right to access information, right to access to the internet, Um, and then we can discuss, well, what does that mean? You know, is dial-up sufficient um, or not, and and all that, but i i want to I want to hear you continue your
0: thought before I jump in. Okay, so um, I think there may be a big so you know okay so a good example of in meat space where you know many things become governments is if we imagine that we abolished the national road system and just allowed private roads. If one large monopoly ended up buying up all of the private roads, um, and then they ended up implementing a ban on uh, um, you know, religious speech that's anything other than, you know, Judeo-Christian or something like that, then we would say that's censorship, uh, or at least I think we would, because it's what's the effective difference between that and a large, um, you know, like, what's effectively the difference between the government not allowing people to hold a protest and this company? It, effectively, it seems like the same thing to me, especially if the company is, you know, you have a minimalist government that permits the ability to of people to defend their rights uh, via firearms, and then what's the difference there between you know the state enforcing it at gunpoint and a large monopoly enforcing it? And I, I can't find a distinction. And it seems to me, in a similar sense, um, if you have only one platform for communication, let's say Twitter, and Twitter decides all members of this group cannot speak now. I might be very sympathetic if it's to Nazis. In fact, I'll be extremely sympathetic. And I would even say that's actually what the platform should do. Um, but if the moment that somebody says, you know, well, okay, we're banning LGBT speech, I would be like, well, wait a minute, that's censorship to me. Even if I would say, well, it's not censorship in the other case. And I think that it might be the case that, uh, well, actually more than it might, I think it's definitely the case that communities should protect their users against abuse and a hate speech. And it it feels to me as if censorship is not, not being able to speak in this particular place, because all sorts of places should be able to have the ability to say, you can't speak here about this specific thing. Censorship, to me, feels to be not being able to find any space to speak, right? Um, and I wonder if you agree with that.
1: I do. I think this gets into a very complicated question of, again, what is our, what are our public spaces? Um, and, you know, do alternate platforms function the same way? Um, in, you know, so, um, and gee, I I don't have it in the top of my mind, but, you know, there are platforms that are very much like Twitter or very much like Reddit, but are organized by, um, people of of uh, the alt right, for example, and we have and and uh, lately those some of those platforms have also been shut down, and it it present it does present a, a, a difficult question um, in light of our previous discussion about undesirable thoughts and behaviors. Um, I think that that the only solution there is to is to think about um well there are two solutions and i i, I think we want to hold off too much in going too deep here but one is to decide that there are certain types of speech which are hate speech that are distinct um from other quote unquote undesirable thoughts and behaviors um and that's a very tricky a very tricky place for us to be in as a
0: society right so there's there's a di- so this gets into the uh um the aspect of um the paradox of intolerance or the tolerating intolerance par- i don't remember what the exact term is but the the um the basic idea is that if you tolerate groups that um espouse intolerance um what they will do is effectively march in and say thanks and then they will um gain power and squash the ability of everybody else to speak effectively.
1: Uh yeah, I would agree with that. And the 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 bringing this back to digital and online freedom, I think we also need to think about what roles what roles we want our ISPs to have. And do we want to start treating them as common carriers? Um does a registrar should we be pressuring a registrar to deregister a domain um Based on the acts uh, of of the those using it, and that's a, a very complicated question that I, I don't think we can fully um, address here today.
0: Yeah, I don't think we can fully address it. It's also tricky because you can imagine a future in which it, and I think that this future probably is the best one for humanity because it's the the least susceptible to. Um, To, well, quite frankly, the kind of very frightening um, despotism that I think we're currently under threat of um, is uh, to be able to have communication where you might not even know what's happening at a certain place. And if you imagine that that's the case, um, it may also end up being that we're in the tricky space that we might actually not be able to um, make these decisions ourselves about about what content goes in there. It just might not be possible.
1: Agreed. All right.
0: Let's, um,
1: cause we, we've stuck on this one for a while. So the next one is about, um uh, do we want to know if you want to read the whole thing? It's, it's essentially regarding the acts of, of marriage. And I think we, I think we both feel strongly about this, although I'm not sure that, that it relates to software free.
0: Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's also interesting that it doesn't say, um, it does speak about consent. It doesn't speak. Actually, doesn't say anything about you know uh, gay marriage, pro or against. Uh,
1: um, oh, and, it doesn't say a lot of things. It doesn't. It also doesn't say anything about love as being the the, the, the thing that marriage must be built upon. It doesn't say the number of partners.
0: Right. Yeah. It doesn't um, say, it doesn't say, a lot say of any things. of those things. Yeah. I, I think we should just skip over this one. Uh, it's a, a complex and interesting topic that we will not discuss today. <laughs> that sounds good. Uh, i'll read article 17
1: article 17 everyone has the right to property alone as well as an associ- association with others and number two no one shall be arbitrarily deprived of his property um in regards to to free software i have some thoughts but then i have some um, personal thoughts i want to share so in regards to free software and a free culture um the idea of being able to own your own stuff is is actually a fundamental part of free software we We are really big on sharing, but we 're also big on the idea that you should not have to share if you don't want to as long as you're
0: not sharing does not interfere with others well and also we make a distinction between physical property and uh, the the term that shall not be used intellectual property
1: yeah that's that's right um, speaking. And uh, because I know we we've we've kind of jumped a little bit into our own personal politics. I will say one area here that uh, I feel very strongly about in, is the importance of being able to have personal property um, as a, a as a Jew and as someone who was born in Europe uh, who has family who were in the holocaust, so uh, a grandson of survivors, um, it is my strong belief that private property. Is a tool against despotism. Um, it's a tool that one can use. Um, uh, can you as, expand as, on why that is? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting there. It's a little it's a little tricky for me emotionally, but um, basically, um, money money can get you out. Um, mm. And it, it's it's this is an area where it gets very complicated. When I I talk to my friends who are on the the the, the very left who don't believe in private property and they don't believe that, that such a thing should exist. And, um, I believe that many more Jews would have died if they had not had the financial resources to leave when they did. And that's not just in uh, Germany. That's also in other places, but, um, it's, it's just a fact that if you have money, you can get out. And that has absolutely, um, Shaped the way I, I view this the the right of owning property.
0: But although of course there are many people who won't have money and thus are not helped by that scenario.
1: That that's that's absolutely true. Um and uh it's it's there are other there are other look no one should be enslaved no one should be enslaved according to these human rights and I agree with them. Uh, no one should be persecuted based on their race and religion, etc. Um, but when bad stuff does go down it's it's those rights of personal property that can
0: facilitate getting out i i can understand that and i also think that um in a certain sense money to me is something that i find not very interesting but on the other hand any i tend to think of society as a game and gosh i'd love to have a whole episode about society as a game uh and uh Many games involved resource points as an abstract concept. Um, and I, I do think that having money keeps getting reinvented whether you want it or not. Now, whether or not there's, it's a centralized form of money, um, you know, you might have other things like mutual aid networks or other things like that that are different kinds of money, but you kind of can't stop markets from forming. Um, but but I, we
1: should probably move on because this
0: isn't really well, a, well, a free software. Okay, so there's, okay. a, there's a different aspect of this that's important to me. Uh, that we're not talking about yet. And that's uh, the way that property is currently being locked down. Physical devices are being locked down by this bastard merging of um, physical property laws and quote-unquote intellectual property laws, right? So this is like the right-to-repair fight, Um so John yeah the right Deer to repair or the,
1: the right to i mean you know we, we talked about we talked about spying devices like alexa right we we they they have married these two ideas that what you what you really have is a device that provides
0: a service but but you own the physical device right and then you know, but you're not allowed to modify the device that you own right exactly and that's that's very troubling to me i mean so the right to repair movement just struck a win res- recently in the U.S. It's not a total win, but you know we've we've been running up against this idea that you know I mean what John Deere was arguing was that people could not repair their own tractors because John Deere um, you know under the DMCA said well it's running my software and under the DMCA if you o- open up and try to modify that thing you've broken um, you've broken the agreement and I can sue you so you don't really own it anymore.
1: Yeah, that's that's uh I'm not sure that applies to I'm not sure how that applies to article 17, but I agree that that's a serious issue.
0: Well, okay. So I I think it's I mean, I think it's the the whole ability for you to have control over your possessions. It's necessary that if those possessions have software, that you also are able to modify that software. Fair enough. Um, I think I think Article
1: 18 has a lot more applicability to our okay. Go for to it. our world. Article 18: Everyone has the right to freedom of thought, conscience, and religion. This right includes freedom to change his religion or belief, and freedom, either alone or in community with others, and in private in public or private, to manifest his religion or belief in teaching, practice worship and observance. And I, I know this, this is a little bit of a stretch, but when I think about our codes of conduct, this is an important component of it, um, both in the way we, we include and exclude. Um, we as a, a free software community have been, you know, we talked about this very early on in this episode, that we uh, are spreading an ideology along with our software. And that ideology includes the idea that everyone should have access. And there are groups that don't believe that. There are groups that believe that certain people, based on um, genetics or based on lineage or based on gender or or skin color, should not have access.
0: Um, Or that they believe that the access is inherently equal from the get-go, so why do you need to do anything else?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm... I guess the other part of this was that there are also people who would rather their software not be used by certain people. Um, maybe right. somebody so we, doesn't somebody doesn't like Muslims, doesn't, somebody doesn't like Jews, somebody doesn't like Christians or, or whatever, and they would like to put in restrictions on their license um, to say, well, everyone can use this unless – except those people. And that gets back to one of the early things you said about um, – Uh, you know uh, freedom to use software
0: regardless of who or for what purpose that that's what i think i was trying to say in article two but kind of flubbed but i think you captured what i was trying to say in that section is that the freedom not just to use for any purpose but to be a user no matter what what basis you come from
1: sounds good so article
0: 19 uh wait wait so so one more thing about the the uh, oh wait wait okay wait no this is the right one Article 19 yeah I have thoughts about 19 great why don't you why don't you do it then <laughs> sorry sorry uh, I was forgetting I accidentally mixed up these two as being the same in my head so Article I 19 everyone has the freedom of opinion and expression this includes the freedom to hold opinions without interference and to seek receive and impart information and ideas through any media and regardless of frontiers yes 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 so this so okay so if you want to have the freedom of opinion and expression. Um, and the ability to to build ideas um that how can you have that freedom if all of your ideas and your expressions and your ability to consume ideas are mediated through a device that filters what you are able to think um and to to consume to think and to say right so and you can now that maybe that sounds really extreme, but if you think about. So this is getting kind of futurist, but I really think it's not too futurist is that um we're getting to a point where the distinction between the inputs and outputs of our body um in terms of information inputs and outputs we'll, we'll skip other inputs and outputs uh uh are, um the divisions between those and um our computing are are getting smaller and smaller almost everything I think about these days, I look up for more information online before i fully develop that opinion uh and if that is restricted in some way then that is restricts my ability to fully think and form an opinion about that thing and likewise if every you know if i mind if i say gosh i'd like to say this thing and my device says uh uh-uh, uh you know sorry you've entered into the not allowed to say territory which maybe in the United States sounds like a stretch, but there are parts of the world where that is not a stretch. Uh, I mean, I just think that the ability to have those rights in a world of this much computing, where we're really the distinctions between us and our computers are just growing smaller by the day. It's it we we need. This is where user freedoms really come home for me. Yeah, I, I all I can say
1: is I agree entirely. Okay. Uh article 20. Uh why don't you read it? Article 20, number 1, everyone has the free has the right to freedom of peaceful assembly and association. Number 2, no one may be compelled to belong to an association. Um I think this ties very much into your idea of government. Um I think from a software freedom standpoint there's there's not much more that we haven't that we you know cuz we've we've covered this in a number of angles. So I'm not sure there's much more to say.
0: Yeah, I think there's not much more to say on this ep- on this episode, but I think we should have episodes about governance structures in free software and then we'll have a lot more to say.
1: I agree. Article 21.
0: Okay. Number 1, everyone has the right to take part in the government of his country directly or through freely chosen representatives. 2. Everyone has the right of equal access to public service in his country. 3. The will of the people shall be the basis of the authority of government. This shall be expressed in periodic and genuine elections, which shall be universal and equal suffrage, as suffrage and shall be held by secret vote or by equivalent free voting procedures.
1: Okay, this one, I, I'm pretty sure we will both have some thoughts about how this applies to free software.
0: Okay, go for it first.
1: Okay, so tying very much into what we talked about earlier, where we've equated um, association with government and structure – uh if we think about our software and our online presence as governmental then uh, as far as these commercial entities we we do not have representation right so when when i use google to search something um i'm not represented at google uh, i have no representation there um what makes free software interesting, from my perspective, when I was in the when I first began in the '90s, was this idea that uh, it was a decision by its founders to essentially create their own world. They were like uh, frontier or pioneers in in, in the literal sense. So they said, "Well, we're going to make our own world, and we're going to cre- we're going to uh, create the rules within it." And one. So if, if we, if we continue down that analogy, the idea that, that, um, that we use elections is a very complicated one because we don't believe, uh, in, in, um, elections as being the primary motivator for the development of software in the free call co- the free software community. Um, you know, pe- pe- you, you, uh, you for example, as, as the original author of media goblin, um, if a bunch of people said, we, we, I, we want you to implement this feature, you may have decided to implement that feature because you thought it would be useful, but you would not feel compelled to do so. Instead, you would say, well, if you all feel this strongly, then please go ahead and take it and make your own. And Which is very different from the way this article describes the idea of association and representation and voting.
0: I, I agree with that. So. Um... I think that the freedom to, I hate to call it the freedom to fork, but let's, okay, the freedom to fork. Uh, the freedom to fork is pretty critical um, in the sense that even though forks don't happen that often, the ability to have that choice is really important. Um, and I think also affects how a developer may consider how they engage with their community. But I, I think that what's interesting that is that this article um so so you do have the ability to participate by going out and um if you ch- decide that you know your um this organization is not representing you, you can go out and uh you know start form a new organization based off of that previous work um which is i agree is pretty different from the way that this is expressing that you can do it um but another interesting aspect on this in terms of governance is also in a certain sense, if this article is declarative and most um towards a um a requirement to implement something a specific way. It's a requirement for a government to re- implement something a specific way. And if we consider that many things become governments, that also leads to a question of what should maintainers do, right? So maintainers, and not just as in terms of what must they do, but what should they do to be able to consider the ways in which their users are affected. And the users always have at least a freedom to be able to fork it and leave, But that doesn't mean that you don't want to try to have a community in which the concerns of many of your citizens, especially, you know, I really like that it says equal access to public service in the country. You know, public service in a free software project is in many sense the ability to contribute. And there are so many forms of contributions that matter, not just software, but, you know, documentation, you know, marketing, all these different things are, you know, messaging, I should say, you know, all these different things are so important. And uh, um, and and the the way that your users are affected are important. So even though we have the freedom to fork, which I think is really key, I think that being appointed and a, being a member of that public service also requires a certain amount of social responsibility. Yeah,
1: I agree. Article 22, uh, I can do it. Article 22, everyone as a member of society has the right to social security and is entitled to the, to realization through national effort and international cooperation and in accordance with the organization and resources of each state of the economic, social and cultural rights indispensable for his dignity and the free development of his personality. And I think this really ties into not free software, but free culture. Oh, interesting. Uh, expand. Well, the the fundamental idea of free culture and how it's somewhat distinct from free software is that free culture sees um, our cultural evolution as um, a river right that 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 flows but that has been dammed by and i mean that a physical dam uh by copyright laws right? We have, we are uh, public domain in the Western world has largely disappeared or has slowed to a trickle because of uh, ownership laws uh, and copyright and the way that those laws have expanded over time, become retroactive and prevented us from having uh, access to the very things that created us as a society. Um, And I would say that, that, these this idea of of dignity and free development of personality is very much tied to that um, because for me, free development of personality also includes uh rights of expression and and in his book um Free Culture by Lawrence Lessig you know he talked about early movements around video and other creative ex- uh, outlets and we can see that on youtube right on youtube um there's cultural remixing i think there was another book by him called remix um but we see that and that is a means of expression and um and we see that the ways that culture struggles with that in that um videos are taken down if they use music or they're monetized by some creator even if the new work only had a small piece of some original um so i I see that i see this is very much related to free culture.
0: So I think that's interesting. I think there's two halves to this statement. Um, The second half is, I think, what you focused on, which is the social and cultural rights uh, indispensable for the dignity and freedom development of personality. And and I was actually and that actually gets expanded on in Article Twenty Seven, and we'll get there. But um, uh, but I was actually really interested in the first half of it, um, even though I agree with what you said that everyone as a member of society has the right to social security uh, um, and et cetera. And this gets expanded on further on, but this is the first place where it starts to talk about the idea of freedom to in a really big way. So freedom from and freedom to, the ideas are that freedom from are the freedoms, you know, to make sure that nobody has the ability to oppress you, right? Um, But freedom to is that you actually have the, the resource support to actually be able to develop as an individual, and you and I, I do agree that in certain sense, having the legal right to be able to do that is one sense. And though it's also kind of a freedom from me version, um, but the freedom to uh, aspect and the, the use of the term social security also indicates that um, a certain responsibility that um, we have in our communities of outreach um, and and to maybe actually spend more effort on people who haven't had the opportunities. Um, I mean, I consider myself to be a person who was granted an enormous amount of technical privilege up front. And I thus also consider myself to have a debt to repay to many people who weren't given those opportunities that I had when very young. Um, So I find that half of it interesting as well. But there's a little bit more of that. So why don't we keep going?
1: Sure. I I do want to say one more thing, which is I I agree with you. And in fact, I think this is where we free software people have um, not necessarily met our social responsibility. I think there are some who have. Um, Librarians who are in our movement absolutely understand this. And I, I know there are some librarians who have been pushing for the democratization of creation and tools and access uh, because they believe so strongly in that, so so there are people in our movement who, who are are doing great things. In fact, I'd love to hear from them if if um, if they'd comment on our our Twitter or our um, our um, Yep. Okay. Great. Article twenty three. Article twenty three. Everyone has the right to work, to free choice of employment, to just and favorable conditions of work, and to protection against unemployment. Everyone, without discrimination, has the right to equal pay for equal work everyone who works has the right to just and favorable remuneration ensuring for himself and his family an existence worthy of human dignity and, and if supplement I'm sorry and supplemented if necessary by other means of social protection everyone has the right to
0: form and to join trade unions for the protection of his interests so this is kind of interesting in the making sure that everybody has the right to participate in free software but it's also interesting in that um this also gets into the um in in a certain sense it it doesn't we also it it, i can't help but think about the tricky side of yes everyone has the right to participate but not everybody might have the resources to participate especially as in terms of um very little amount of free software work is currently compensated yeah although you know that's changing and
1: and not necessarily always in a good way and uh i'm i'm working on a, a, a an essay for lack of a better term at least a post on my website about my views on um, funding of free software but so I, I won't i won't speak too much on it uh now but i i agree with you okay
0: Article 24, everyone has the right to rest and leisure, including reasonable limitation of working hours and periodic holidays with pay. Gosh, uh, you know, uh, the maintainers get some time off.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how that really applies to to the free culture or free software movements, but I I definitely think that, that human dignity is um is is um include doesn't need to include rest and leisure um i will say that the united states is is uh, i think the only country that does not have mandatory vacation
0: Mm -hmm. okay article 25 section one everyone has the right to a standard of living adequate for the health and well-being of himself and of his family including food clothing housing medical care, and necessary social services, and the right to security in the event of unemployment, sickness, disability, widowhood, old age, or other lack of livelihood and circumstances beyond its control. Two, motherhood and childhood are entitled to special care and assistance. All children, whether born in and out of wedlock, shall enjoy the same social protection. Um, I think that my thoughts on this I kind of uh, expanded on already with the uh, um, comments about you know, the freedom to stuff and having a, a social safety net and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, the one area where I would change it slightly is getting rid of some of the gendered language, right? I think uh, parenthood and childhood rather than motherhood, but that's a really minor point and not, not at all related to our larger
0: point of free software
1: and free culture.
0: Yep. Okay. Article 26, one, part one, everyone has the right to education. Education shall be free, at least in the elementary and fundamental stages, Elementary education shall be compulsory, technical and professional education shall be made generally available, and higher education shall be equally accessible, all on the basis of merit. 2. Education shall be directed to the full development of the human personality and to strengthening of respect for human rights and fundamental freedoms. It shall promote understanding, tolerance, and friendship amongst all nations, racial or religious groups, and shall further the activities of the United States—sorry, the United Nations—well, gosh, there, that was a mistake—for the maintenance of peace. Uh, Section part three, parents shall have a prior right to choose the kind of education that shall be given to their children. Um. Uh, I definitely have thoughts about education and uh, accessibility of studying free software, but I think you may say it better than I would. So go ahead.
1: I mean, I think this gets to our initial point about um, access and our initial point about um, discrimination based on not just um, race, but location and how those in a privileged position may just simply have, have better access to, to these educational materials. I think the internet has, and, uh, has helped with that and, and access to these, um, online resources. And I'm thinking specifically of, of, you know, Wikipedia. I'm thinking about, um, Khan Academy, et cetera. But then again, we have the, the kinds of issues that you brought up regarding, um, parents being required to, um lock their children down with EULAs, even even you know even as as kids uh, and uh, as their as their school system forces them to use certain certain
0: software so do you think that this also ties in with the um the whole um importance of being able to study and modify a work especially the study aspect yeah i i do um i'm i'm struggling a little bit
1: with, with how this relates to free culture um it's because the right to study is not one that the free culture movement has taken Oh, but it um, should, right? So oh, it, it absolutely should, right? Uh you know, but but it has not up to this
0: point right. embraced that idea of being able to take a work apart. Right. So even um, even even the free col- the most popular free culture copyleft um CC BY SA does not require distribution of the source materials, right? And okay. It may be more onerous in some cases to do so um, because you could say, well, like distributing, for example, even the source files for this episode may be much larger than distributing the source files for software, right? But um, and you might get less from it from the raw. audio. Not, not,
1: not only is it I mean, it's 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 onerous on, on a number of levels. Right. So so you brought up the idea of just talking about this episode. Let's talk about it, since I'm the one who who most often does the, the bulk of the editing. Right. There's a ton that you do. But in terms of the editing, um, I'm I'm doing most of, of that. Right. So when I uh, so what do I do? I, I take all the audio recordings from both of us. Um, it turns out that the way we do this is we have we both record two sides and and then i I align everything I end up um, doing a bunch of of uh, manual removal of extraneous sounds I uh, run a bunch of of algorithms against the 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 audio if, so if i was to if I was required to distribute the source, what would that actually look like? It would actually look like quite a bit of audio. Um, and quite a bit of bandwidth I, I don't even know how I would begin to do that would I have to would I have to give up every single um version it, it would be a it would be a huge um effort on on our part and that is with two people who have um the resources to do so and then and the understanding of computers to do so right. you know if we're talking about a film um you know for example an animated film like the the amount of the amount of source material would be enormous
0: well and there okay so a, yes, I agree. Uh B, peer to peer systems may actually help in this regard. Um C, uh their animated film is a great example because that's completely true. I still have the Media Goblin campaign videos on my hard drive and all the source materials I have for that, and you know, it's in the gigabytes, right? So um and uh and those were short, like you know, four minutes each. Uh and uh but e- but um the Blender Foundation actually is one of the few, or the Blender Institute is one of the few organizations that actually treats um, uh, free culture the closest to free software that exists, right? Because they actually release all the source files for their animated films, and you can open them, study, and modify them. And I have. It, it really affected my ability to build things, was actually studying those materials, I, I mean, I think there's another part
1: to this, and, and I, I think we should we should probably move on a little bit. Look, the in regards to software, this is this is an obvious thing, right? The the way that software is constructed is 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 built into the source code. Um, for culture, you know, I think that that the democratization of um, the way that films are constructed, both visually and storytelling wise, can be, can be seen on, you know, for back of a better word, on YouTube, right? I watch, I watch a lot of videos that talk about the, the way that film is, uh, constructed or television is constructed, but based on the, the, the framing of images, based on the way that stories are paced, um, uh, also for writing you know the way that uh, that the narrative is presented um so so just the source material alone doesn't get you everything in in relation to culture but but for but for software it absolutely does and, and and also i would say for hardware right so free free hardware design is not something that we that we've talked about much but but is is also part of this and i think it needs to be um part of the way we study and teach
0: uh going forward right so just as a preview of a future episode that i hope we do um this is the the question of why haven't we seen free culture projects that have had the same kind of um community collaboration and the way that free software projects was was the general thesis behind the liberated pixel cup project
1: I'll be very interested to hear about that, but we've, 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 been, we've been going on. We've got we probably four more.
0: To re- four more. Yeah. Four more. Okay. Okay. See if we can do it. Article 27, part one, everyone has the right to freely participate in the cultural life of the community, to enjoy the arts and to share in a scientific advancement and its benefits. Part two, everyone has the right to the protection of the moral and material interests resulting from any scientific, literary, or artistic production of which he is the author. I think you covered this already.
1: Amen.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep
1: i mean i think we've covered this and i've you know yes
0: yes 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 yes, yes. okay article yes. 28 everyone is entitled to a social inter- international order in which the rights and freedoms set forth in this declaration can be fully realized yeah wouldn't that be nice yeah, yeah. it would be nice i mean in a, okay so i'm gonna pull in an interesting aspect of it is that um is the fight to make sure that these kinds of rights um, are set up, even when our existing systems don't work, is that the purpose of things like copyleft and stuff like that? Like our existing systems aren't setting up the rights that we should have, and yet we try to create hackish workarounds like copyleft.
1: Well, actually, since you brought that up, I will say that, you know, Article 27, Part 2 is everyone has the right to the protection of the moral and material interests resulting from scientific, literary, or artistic production of which he is the author reminded me very much of copyleft. Oh, right. So right? once you Co- put the things idea of in the commons,
0: it should stay in the commons.
1: Right. And so, yeah, and, and I also agree with you in what you've just said in, in terms of the, the way that copyleft exists in our society is as a way of carving out freedom. Uh, in, an, in an ideal world, we wouldn't need copyleft. In an ideal world that would be the norm and we wouldn't need to we wouldn't need to even have a word for it because that would just be the way things are uh the fact is that that's not the way our society is constructed so we've had to create this little world for ourselves and and yes i i agree that everyone should is entitled to to these freedoms and declarations, um, both in the in the real meat space world and in our virtual worlds, and in the places that those two um, combine, such as you know uh, medical devices. But until that happens, we've we've had to carve out our own little existence.
0: Yep. Okay. Article twenty nine is interesting because this opens up with the first one that I know of that instead of saying what rights. Uh, people are entitled to. It talks about responsibilities of people. So part one of Article 29, everyone has duties to the community in which alone the free and full development of his personality is possible. Okay, I want to halt right there because I think that's such an interesting statement on its own. Uh, the Not just that you should get all these things, but you have the responsibility to be an agent within the systems that you exist in to make sure that those systems can be upheld. Yeah. Um,
1: I think that gets lost even in the free software world, where there's some amount of, of entitlement that comes in. It's like, well, why don't I have that? Um, and we see that, um, I see that most, especially from people who are for whatever reason, don't feel like they have a space at the developer table so um they feel disempowered in other ways and so they 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 feel like um that's the only way they can contribute but but as you've said there are so many ways that we and so many places and ways that we need contributors um and i think that giving people alternative ways to contribute empowers them in such a way that um that that they um take on that responsibility yeah i agree i
0: i do see that um i think that you and I are probably both thinking about issue trackers where people can be very frustrated by, you know, well, why didn't I get this, right? And they might not feel empowered to actually build that thing themselves, right? So there is some responsibility on the developer to be able to really care for the people underneath them, but there's also responsibility of, you know, hey, look, there are ways in which you can participate in this community governance and stuff like that. We need you. Well and also I would say you know governance uh, I would say
1: documentation outreach all the things you talked about um and also financially I I believe that that those who have an interest in software and have the ability to pay for it should be contributing to the
0: authors right should you only contribute or should you only pay money when there's a gun pointing at your head right exactly and and we are seeing that change
1: um, and I'm going to plug your Patreon. Right here, you are working on free software, and um, you know, asking for money from from people. And I think that that if people have the ability and they have the they have the means, that they should be contributing. I, it's a it's it's not a it's not a legal requirement, but I believe it should be uh, a moral imperative uh, imperative to do so.
0: Okay, part two of Article Twenty Nine. In the exercise of his rights and freedoms, everyone shall be subject only to such limitations as are determined by law solely for the purpose of securing due recognition and respect for the rights and freedoms of others and of meeting the just requirements of morality, public order, and the general welfare in a democratic society. Part three, these rights and freedoms may in no case be exercised contrary to the purposes and principles of the United Nations. So I think we can kind of put three aside. Um, two is a little is, – is interesting. I, I'm interested
1: to hear your take
0: Um, so I don't know. I feel like, um, I, I, I'm actually have a hard time piecing, pulling it apart in some ways. Um, to be honest. Um, okay, good. I'm not the only one. Um, the way I'm reading this is, um, that we should, we shouldn't restrict people except when we have to. Okay. That's fair. Um, so why on that note, uh, why don't we just get straight on to Article 30, which is a, a nice tie-up of the whole thing. Nothing in this declaration may be interpreted as implying for any state, group, or person any right to engage in any activity to perform any act aimed at the destruction of the rights and freedoms so- set forth here- herein. In other words, don't use this language of this document to try to trickily actually subvert the document itself.
1: Yep and it and it reminds me very much of again of copyleft right this idea that we are using that we are using the under you know the the, the overall structure to protect uh people 's freedoms and rights
0: well and the the you know the preamble of copyleft as well you know the the purpose of really stating why we 're doing this type of thing, and not only the preamble but really the um community um holding up look, you know, I mean, the reason we have copyleft is to be able to protect these communities. Um and here's the appropriate uses of that. Um, I don't think I want to say anything more on that topic, but I, I really do appreciate that last statement as a way to wrap it up. Um and and I, I think I don't really have much more to say. No, uh,
1: no nor do I and and yet we've
0: been talking for over an hour and a
1: half. So yeah I think this is a good place to wrap up and uh yeah, this is this was this was a really a really great discussion.
0: Yeah, it was a long one, but I think it was an interesting one for me. I hope the our audience finds that it is as well. Yep. Alright. You've been listening to Libre Lounge. You can find and subscribe to us at librelounge.org. This podcast is released under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike four point zero international license. Our theme music is Bossa Nova by Joth, which is waived into the public domain under CC0 and which you can find on OpenGameArt.org. If you'd like to support Chris Webber's work on this and other user freedom projects, you can donate at patreon.com forward slash C-W-E-B-B-E-R. Thanks for listening. See you next time.